There ain't no laws when drinking claws. How many of you have heard that one? Up till a couple years ago, you know, I was kind of oblivious to this seltzer market. And, uh, well, it kind of hit me by surprise when I went to go work for a for an employer where I'm employed at right now because uh, all of a sudden this clear water looking shit with alcohol in it and extremely light, lightly flavored stuff with low calories and no carbs and no gluten. People are just hammering the hell out of it. You know, if you're drinking something to be low calorie, you know, there is a serving size. And, uh, well, if you're gonna have low calories, maybe a dozen of them really isn't gonna do the trick. It's only one or two. I think the serving size is actually one of a White Claw. You know what White Claw is? White Claw. And, uh, well, you can have your laws and you can have your claws because I don't, I, I don't drink it. I, I actually, I try often. I really, really do. You know, it's something we distribute and, and it's something that I, I've tried probably over a dozen times. And I just can't bring myself to like that stuff. But hey, if you like it, I have a couple 12 packs in the basement. Maybe you should come on over and drink them for me. We could talk about homesteading in the meantime and we could talk about not having any laws, you know, while you're drinking your claws. Welcome to the Poultry Homestead Podcast, everybody. I'm sure glad you're here. We had a dinnertime conversation the other day about the no laws while drinking claws. and That's a pretty good phrase, and I have a lot of fun. You know, we, we had a lot of fun in, 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 the, uh, in the conversation there, you know. Um, but yeah, like I said, I keep trying them. I just can't bring myself to like them, you know. But uh, you know, it's Fourth of July, so you know I'm, I was gonna, I was gonna try something. But uh, you know, I took a swig, and I'm afraid the rest went down the drain. But you know, just like anything, you know, you try it a thousand times, and and it's just not working for you. And sometimes you just need to pull the pin and not try that anymore. You know. Um, there's a bunch of new flavors, and that's why I tried them, but yeah, it just doesn't really do it for me, folks. But uh, yeah, hell of a 4th of July weekend, you know, four days off here, and uh, you know, I enjoy, I really enjoy my time off, you know, especially as a homesteader, because there's always something to do. No matter how ridiculous it seems, there's always something to do, and uh, you know, as it's 9,000 degrees outside, here I am splitting wood for this winter. Uh, I got a neighbor who's, a, who's got a tree service and every time he drops me off a load of wood into my yard, he, he cuts them into lengths so they fit in his trailer and he uses indoor, uh, or he brings us good indoor burning lumber. And uh, he dumps her in a pile out there and he makes himself a little cash. And by doing that, it 
you know, it saves me an awful lot of money because uh, here I am. Uh, it bought me a couple Saturdays each load did, you know. And all the logistics and fuel and dinking around and all that stuff. So really, in honesty, it, it buys me time. And I'll take that. And I sure appreciate it, too. And uh, it gives us good wood, you know. I mean, if I was in the woods grabbing wood, you know, I mean, I would grab probably lesser quality wood for the most part. And uh, it gives us some good stuff, you know. So uh, here we are. Here I am, 4th of July weekend, splitting the living shit out of it. What I did is I, last week, uh, throughout the week, I just come out here every night. I got a new battery-operated chainsaw, which I love. And uh, we come out here and use up a battery, cutting it into lengths every night. And then before you know it, it's all cut into lengths, and I got it all piled up. So this year I'm doing it a little different. Last year what I would do is I'd cut a bunch up, split it, cut a bunch up, split it, go pile it. Cut it up, bunch up, take the tractor, go ply it, you know, very, very inefficient. Now what I'm doing is I'm cutting it all at once, splitting it all at once. And then I got all these piles around, so I'll take my tractor, subcompact tractor with the bucket, and I'll take that son of a gun and scoop up some wood and take it over to where it needs to be, and then me and the ladies can stack it. All split and stacked and drying, good for the winter. And when I stack my wood, I don't know if you guys are OCD about this or not, but I actually stack it bark side or round side up, split side down. I don't know if that's helping me at all, but it seems to be all right. And I don't cover my piles of wood. I mean, I know a lot of my friends do, I know a lot of people that do, and it's, it's a damn good practice, but... And I've also been thinking about building a, a small wood shed, but you know, there's only so many hours in the day. And uh, well, let's just say that uh, this summer, I'm, I, I've, I've done a lot of work and a lot of stuff so far this year. I'm taking a little breather from the huge projects. So uh, that not being a huge project, but I'm still taking a breather from projects. And, and uh, we also put stuff in priority. But anyway, yeah, bark side up. That's how I stack it. I don't know if that's good, bad, or in between. But it seems to be working. I got plenty of dry wood. Plenty of dry, big wood for the burning. So, subject matter of the day today, barnyard mix chickens. Folks, do you do the barnyard mix? Do you do the barnyard mix? A lot of people um, don't have roosters, you know, and that's great. Uh, roosters can really, they're a blessing and a curse. A blessing because you always have sustainability, a curse because your chickens look like shit. Um, our chickens, you know, they, uh, a good chunk of them, have skin missing off of their back. There's a few well-feathered ones that do not. Um, but you know, for the most part, a lot of them have skin missing off their back because the rooster fancies them and he goes over there and pulls them and he digs his claws in and he pulls all the feathers and the spurs are in there and you know it only takes a few seconds but if you do a few seconds every day you ain't gonna have any damn feathers on their back right so he's doing that and I actually have a couple other uh, roosters on the, on the way here up and comers we don't know if they're naughty or nice yet so 
We're kind of trying to decide as to whether or not we're going to keep those, but uh, the barnyard mix, I have many different breeds in the flock, and many of the different breeds that we have are commingled. Now, the rooster screws them all. The rooster can screw its kids, the rooster can screw its sisters, the rooster can screw anybody. Any breed, anybody, any way, anyhow, anywhere. Now, most of the birds we have are significantly good layers. Very prolific, if you will. Now, the good layers are great, you know? And then coupled with the fact that they're, for the most part, this last hatch we had was basically a straight buff Orpington rooster by the name of Captain Stud Muffin. Now, Captain Stud Muffin, the reason he's still here, living with us, is because he's good to my wife, he's good to my daughter, he does a lot of breeding, and he makes it quick. He, you know, I mean, I've seen roosters that three or four of them will gang up on one hen, they're holding her down, frickin' just an atrocious looking frickin' circle of whatever. And uh, it makes you wanna kill them all. It makes you wanna get your frickin' Uzi, bring it out here, and just start mowing those fuckers down. And that is exactly how I feel about that. Um, Stud Muffin, you know, I mean, he, it's hard sometimes for the ladies to kind of watch him do his thing. But really, in all honesty, he's, he's pretty polite. And for the most part, he's not that bad to the, to the ladies, you know. So uh, we have him. And, you know, I mean... The hens we have, I mean, there's some straight up hens. The only straight breed we are breeding right now is Buff Orpington because we have a Buff Orpington rooster and probably half a dozen uh, Buff Orpington hens, which are uh, very pretty. They're, you know, they're good layers, they're good meat birds, you know, they're kind of a mix. I have two Freedom Ranger hens with huge legs waddling all over the place. I have two black Australaps. I have a bunch of barnyard mix. I have two Olivegers. Uh, two white leghorns, three California whites. Let's see, I'm out here looking at the chickens right now. Um, and then just a mixture of in between. I think I have, uh, uh, I probably already said sapphire gem. Uh, who the hell else? Oh, I have a bunch of barred rocks, which are really good to us. Um, and this, uh, I think it's a uh, golden comet. Is that what they're called? I think that's what they're called. But anyway, yeah, good good layers there too. And those have been laying eggs and then we've been hatching them with uh, our rooster Antonio, who is a barnyard mix. I have a few naked necks mixed in there too. And those genetics hold on strong because I haven't bred it out of the flock yet, you know. Grand, a lot of these chickens, their grandfather was a naked neck. Um, there's a couple breeds that were supposed to be purebred, and I really don't know what kind they are. It's kind of a, a, a white and brown uh, mixture of a breed that's really small, like a California white or a white leghorn, and the tail feathers are kind of like that. It's a really neat breed, and I don't quite know what it is, but uh, it lays a green egg. You know, I think it might actually be called like a rainbow egger, but I'm not quite sure on that. Uh, don't quote me. But the, the birds, you know, they enjoy it, each other, and they, and they enjoy each other's company. And it used to be that the like breeds hanged around, or hung around like breeds. These guys aren't doing that. 
They lay like a motherfucker. I mean, we get a lot of eggs. You know, we're up to about 50 birds now, and I got a bunch of chicks in the brooder that are all sired by a Buff Orpington rooster. Now, a lot of those will be Buff Orpingtons, but not all of them. Um, they all kind of have a buff color. You know, the black, you know, usually when I hatch out eggs, you know, about a good half of them to a quarter of them are black. Well, of the 18 that I have right now, only one has some black in it. So that's telling me, I'm guessing it might be a barred rock, but I'm not sure. You know, buff orphan barred rock mix. Um, a couple of the roosters that we have are barnyard mix as well. And, uh, you know, some of them are behaved and some of them are not, you know. Uh, I had some naked neck roosters and they were horrible. Um, but, you know, Buff Orpington Barred Rock, uh, which is what I'm guessing I have in one of the roosters, he's really ornate. He is basically a white body. He has some barring on the back and the tail feathers, but he has those kind of milky white legs like a Buff Orpington, and he has really long, long legs, which uh, kind of a Barred Rock rooster has. You know how pretty Barred Rock roosters are? Uh, his name is Dakota. He's real pretty. We're trying to decide if he's pretty or not. And then Captain Studmuffin has a 100% Bard Rock rooster son. Or not Bard Rock, I'm sorry. A 100% Buff Orpington rooster son. So we figure since his name is Captain Studmuffin, this one is probably Lieutenant Studmuffin, I guess. If that makes sense. Right? Yeah, I mean, of lower rank. I mean, Captain, he's, he's, he's holding his own. So anyway, you know, I mean, we got all these chickens around, and I mean, we get eggs all the live long day from all these birds. We're just breeding the hell out of them. We're actually gonna be using a lot of these ones that we hatched out for meat. Uh, I'm guessing when it comes time for the butchering, the hens will probably stay and the roosters will all go. Uh, I'm guessing, not stud muffin, of course, and uh, his son, you know, if he's just as polite and has the same traits. I certainly wouldn't want to butcher him either. You know, having these buff Orpington roosters is pretty awesome. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in with it if they're fine, you know. But like I said, when you have roosters in your flock, you're definitely not going to have beautiful chickens. I mean, some of them are gonna have some skin on their back, you know, and feathers missing. So, I mean, just keep that in mind. You know, in the winter, they breed a lot less. In the fall, they breed a lot less. But this time of year, I mean, <laughs> God dang it, they're breeding all the live long day, you know. Um, and our chicken run's been good, you know, we've been free-ranging them in these barnyard mix, you know, a lot of personality traits, really good things. I mean, we just love the way that this barnyard mix has been treating us. And you never know what you're gonna get for eggs. You know, we have olive eggers, Easter eggers, white layers, brown layers, tan layers, purple layers, you know, that's mostly your naked necks. Um, you know, I mean, we're getting all these colored eggs and, and uh, you know, they're looking good. And I have nothing to complain about. So a barnyard mix, you know, I mean, a lot of you, you have very beautiful, beautiful flocks. And, and they're, they're purebred. And hey, more power to you. You can order those from the hatchery at a few bucks. But you know, barnyard mix, uh, late, or hatching eggs, if you have an incubator, are usually pennies on the dollar. I mean, they, they don't charge nothing for them. At least I wouldn't. I wouldn't charge much for them. And then if somebody hatches them out and gives you a straight run, you know, I mean, a buck or two a piece. I mean, that's all you're paying. I mean, and you're getting uh, locally sourced uh, chicken or layers. 
however you look at it. And then uh, keep the roosters you want, the rest are made into fajitas. We all know about the mean rooster fajitas. Very famous quote on this podcast is the uh, mean roosters make great fajitas. And you all know that. So as far as barnyard mix goes, I'm all for it. And I'm going to keep having it. You know, I mean, there might be a day where we order from a hatchery and we get, you know, straight up breeds that are very ornate and pretty and uh, don't keep a rooster with them. But for a couple weeks when breeding time comes, um, you know, I mean, you, you need to have a rooster with your flock for two weeks in order for this to work. Because it takes two weeks for the rooster's goodies to get into the overduct of the egg-laying hen, which is a whole different podcast. But anyway, um, so keep that in mind. If you ever do it, you can't just have him in there for a couple days and then take him out. You're going to have to have him in there for two weeks and then uh, start collecting eggs at that 14-day mark, and then you can hatch them out. But that's okay, you know. And then, you know, if you want to give your hens a break from a rooster like that, especially if it's a mean one, and then uh, just have a pen full of roosters that fight the hell out of each other all day. You know, if their feathers are missing, no big deal. They're doing it to each other. So, whatever. You know, I don't have much compassion for the roosters that are uh, fighters and mean if you know what I mean, then that's okay, whatever, you know. You guys can do, uh, decipher whatever you want for your flock and uh, make it happen, you know. Anyway, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, tuning in today, and uh, I sure appreciate it, you know. And as always, this is Unrehearsed, and it's been a really long time since I've punched out a podcast. I just had a few minutes today, and I was hoping you guys would uh, give her a listen, you know. And uh, Barnyard Mix works out for me, might not work out for you, you know, the OCD people in the world. Um, yeah. You know, if you had mainly hens, I think uh, a Barnyard Mix would be great. Usually you cannot buy a Barnyard Mix that doesn't have roosters in it or isn't a straight run. But you know, but you know hey, whatever works, you know. Um, yeah, nice day out here. Nice day out here in the pen. I'm just kind of pacing back and forth in front of the chicken pen making a podcast before I split the rest of this wood. And I'm looking forward to it. So God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today. God dang it. What a great 4th of July weekend here. You know, it's, it is absolutely as hot as the 4th of July, and we certainly think that you deserve uh, the wonderful uh, freedoms that we have celebrated on our Independence Day. Uh, hang in there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, freedom is one of those things you got to fight for. So, anyway, ain't no laws when drinking claws. Go have yourself a white claw. And if you're like me, you'll have a sip and you'll pour it down the drain. The rest of you, hammer them on the boat, in the pool, out on the deck, on the porch, in the living room, whatever. I suppose. Better get going. Got wood to split. God bless you. And thank you for listening today. If you want to connect, Ziggy underscore 519 at yahoo.com. And yeah, isn't it great making a podcast outdoors on a nice day? Anyway, have a good one. <laughs>